The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the program. This is Good Morning New York, and I am your host, Vince Rocco. I'd like to welcome our listeners from the United States and around the world. We are coming to you live this morning from New York City, as usual. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. I have Rachel here today, Deborah, and Matt. So, how are you guys today? Uh, amazing. Actually, You're eating great. your granola, I can see. <laughs> Same. Every week. The weather's nice. Bright. It's summer, but it's uh, not an oppressive summer yet. Yet. So, so far, I think we're all pretty good. I want a little yes. L- uh, okay, here we go. <laughs> I want a little less humidity. I can't. I, I like the sun. I like the heat. Yeah. Today, I don't want the humidity. Today, sleeve, it's supposed sweetie. to be yeah. 70s. My new office is freezing. Uh, it's true. Vince, Vince and I can look at each other oh, from I'm our so desks. It's really, really nice. Oh, why don't we start yeah. our own company, hey, all of us? To be the next Dolly Lens. Ah, so see, now I'm going to roll up my sleeves because in here it is warm. The studio is always warm, but whatever. Let's do some news items and then we'll catch up and chit-chat. After an incredible run with steady price appreciation since 2009 and huge price gains since 2013, the New York City real estate market is no longer in growth mode. Industry insiders are using different language for today's market. The market is cooling. The market is shifting, correcting, softening, and or stabilizing depending upon who you ask. Uh, All of this is code for simple reality. Prices have stopped rising and, in fact, have started to come down in virtually every subsector of the residential sales market in the city. While there has been significant attention paid in the media to the oversupply at the top of the luxury condo market in Manhattan and some of the drastic price cuts in that submarket, prices have come down across the board at virtually all price points and in virtually all neighborhoods. To be clear, deals are happening. Prices are still very close to all-time highs. Interest rates remain extraordinarily low, and overall housing demand far exceeds supply in the city. The market is not collapsing or crashing, very important, but it's going through a correction and it's, uh, as it tends to do every seven years or so. And as my one of my favorite panelists, Deborah Huffman, says, we're <laughs> in transition, right? We have three yes. markets, sellers, buyers, and transition. transition. So there we go. And we predicted this on this show. You heard it first. <laughs> yes, we did. Six to seven months ago that this was going to happen. So all the more reason to keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All right. The United Kingdom's historic decision to leave the European Union last week had immediate and rather drastic results. The value of the British pound dropped to lows not seen since 1985, and the Dow Jones Industrial fell more than 900 points in the past couple of days, and the Prime Minister of the UK, David Cameron, announced he would resign. The unprecedented referendum has inserted worldwide uncertainty into the global economy, including luxury uh, residential real estate in New York City. Some are claiming claiming that the Brexit 
uh, Brexit might actually have a positive impact on the real estate economy of the city, which is seen as a relatively stable place to store wealth. A bill that aims, go ahead, say something. (laughs) I was going to say that, again, you hear a lot of things here first, but a few months ago, we were also talking about how it's not just the Brexit. It's also, um, in Great Britain, they passed a capital gains tax mm-hmm. on investment property, which mm-hmm. they never had. So a lot of people who were investing in London started to come over here. I think this will just give them a little more of a kick. Didn't Trump just get rid of his campaign manager? Deborah should run for that position. She's a great <laughs> campaign manager. <laughs> rah, rah. The high school cheerleader. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit more about the Brexit later because uh, I just read something earlier this morning, I think in either Curb to the Real Deal, where the Wall Street bonuses may be affected mm. because of all the nonsense that's going on. That Obviously, the Dow is down 900 points. So even though people are saying it's going to help fuel the, um, the purchase power here in the city of New York real estate, I'm wondering if... It may not. But anyway, we'll talk about that in a bit. A bill that aims to prohibit listings for short-term rentals has been approved by the United States Senate, boosting the possibility of an outright ban for services like Airbnb. So where is Phil and where is Parul this morning? (laughs) The proposal outlaws online listings. The proposal outlaws online listings for that last that lasts for under 30 days. It essentially widens the range of restrictions for New York City apartments. Previously, New York state law only prohibited renting out apartments for under 30 days when the official resident is not present. However, listings for such apartments were not officially banned. If caught, people who post online apartment listings on Airbnb will face fines that essentially negate the financial benefits of being on the surface on being on that service for the first violation host will be fined one thousand dollars or below the fine increases to five thousand dollars on the second violation the highest fine is seventy five hundred dollars which comes on the third and subsequent violations so if you're going to list your apartment against the law uh, against your buildings um uh rules whatever you're going to get fined the fines have always been in place but now they're really going to enforce big time crack down and enforce a penthouse unit at 172 Madison Avenue launched last week with exclusive sales agent Ryan Serhant uh, and the Serhant team of Nestlé's International. Penthouse C is one of 69 units in four penthouses in the 33-story luxury condominium by Tesla Developments. The 3,500-square-foot penthouse is listed at $15 million. The full-floor ho- uh, home has 353-square-foot uh, outdoor terrace, Fendi Casa customized interior, 17-foot ceilings, the latest technology in home automation. The building offers residents a swimming pool, jacuzzi, steam room, pet spa, gym, yoga room, club and children's playroom, 24-hour doorman, and full-time concierge, all, again, for $15 million. Isn't that something? Millennial home buyers, most of whom entered adulthood as the housing market collapsed due to misconduct from lenders, continued to face a variety of obstacles in obtaining credit or mortgages. The barriers persist in spite of the swelling size of the millennial home buying market. According to the National Association of Realtors, Home Buyers and Sellers Generational Trends Survey from March, millennials are the largest group of home buyers in the United States, accounting for 35% of all buyers in the country in 2015. This marked the third straight year that the millennial home buying population grew. With the increase, the millennial stake in the housing market is now equal to shares of Gen X, 25%, and silent generation, 9%. Home buyers combined. What's silent generation? Help me out here, guys, because I read that. I thought I didn't have time to look it up. Silent generation. Between, between the greatest generation, meaning the World War II people, uh-huh. and the boomers. Okay. They really didn't do anything. 
<laughs> Hence, silence. Honestly, exactly. Okay, there you go. I'm actually curious if the millennials are such a big a group of home buyers. They're not mentioning that parents are helping them. Yes. They're not mentioning that's, that parents are I helping. Mean, that that's, kind of defeats the whole point right there. That's right. I just yeah, did yeah, so we're talking about buyer occupants. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, well, no, that, I think that's where. They are right, becoming the biggest right. buyer out there, but you're right. The the parents mm-hmm. are actually buying. So, you know, the, the story is actually kind of contradictory because exactly. they're not really applying for loans. Yeah. Either the parents are buying cash for them mm-hmm. or they're helping These them. These kids are living the at home. And, and the parents are saying, I'm going to shelter yeah. my money and well, buy you a home so you don't live with us. Sweet deal. <laughs> That's right. And I what they're doing deal. is during the downturn, yeah. one of the biggest things that financial people said was we are not seeing new households forming, mm. meaning nobody was buying then. Correct. So even if the parents are buying, as Rachel said, new households are forming. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that does to the economy, but it's something to think about. Mm-hmm. Well, the story goes on to say a mortgage broker from FM Home Loans attributed the difficulties of the millennials getting loans uh, to various factors, including regulation, the subprime crisis, student loans, and a general lack of funds. So, again, I think there's a lot of parental involvement here. I don't know what or who um, is actually getting credit for all this, but I think it's mostly parents, and I think it's, you know, a combination of of things. Anyway, um, the tallest tower in the Western Hemisphere, 432 Park Avenue, continues to fill up with the official closings of two more luxury apartments, which were the most expensive transactions of the week last week here, according to City Records. The pricier of the two sponsor units at $24,990,000 was apartment 66A, which is 837 feet high in the 13... 96-foot, 96-story concrete and glass building on Billionaire's Row between 56th and 57th Street, which we're always talking about. Its monthly carrying costs are $15,986. The 4,100-square-foot apartment has three bedrooms, four-and-a-half baths, and a library. It offers stellar views of uh, Central Park, the East River, and beyond along with uh, Statue of Liberty, World Trade Center, and the Empire State Building. The other apartment that closed was number 40A, which closed at $20,870,000, with monthly carrying charges totaling $17,622. My God. Good for them. That's it. Good for them is what I say. That's it. It is. It's all relative. Look, you at least get views. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. 40 to 40, you get views. You can't beat that. Well, unless it's raining because then you're inside a cloud. Yeah, you're inside right. a cloud. If you've ever been inside of one Well, of I showed at 157 uh, West 57th Street several times last year and the year before. And, you know, you go up on these higher floors like 50 and up and some they, they won't make an appointment with you if, if it's a bad day, a cloudy day or rainy day because you literally are in a cloud. It defeats the purpose of showing. Completely. Mm-hmm. It's kind of spooky when you look out the window and you're in a cloud. It's like being in an airplane looking out and you can't see anything but clouds like surrounding it is. I used to work on the 42nd floor and I don't like it I, it really creeped me out and yeah. not a lot of things creep me out but that really mm. I don't like it I have to see what yeah. I'm seeing a lot of things creep me out <laughs> Every day. You Have you taken the subway? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, I agree with that. Hey, hey, here's the thing. I'm back on the subway because oh, where I work yay. now, work. can't, can't be taxi so cab. Now you're a real New Yorker. Now you're going to have subway Now I'm stories. a real New Yorker. And talk about creepy situations. Yeah. Yes. My yeah. God. You're going to miss the days of the cab. 
I already do. Yeah. It's only been three or four days. Anyway, mm-hmm. the number of home sales in the Bronx <laughs> soared in the first quarter of this year by 35%, outpacing Manhattan, Brooklyn, and Queens. In Staten Island, sales also jumped 35%, but activity there has been inconsistent over the past several years, whereas the Bronx has experienced a steady, steady climb, although the number of transactions in the Bronx compared with the rest of the city is still relatively small. The increase in deals may indicate that the borough is at last living down its rough-and-tumble reputation. I have a question about that. Go ahead. Because the small town of Riverdale is part of the Bronx, mm-hmm. and that's always been basically a middle-class I sold a house in Riverdale. So I lived there for four years, and don't want to go back. No. But, <laughs> but that is part of the Bronx, and I wonder if they're including the statistics from Riverdale because the housing prices I'm sure they are. are I, yeah, I'm I sure believe they are. that they are. So they absolutely what does that are. say about the rest of the borough when you say, well, it doesn't have the rough-and-tumble Right. Uh, well, the Bronx in general has yeah. that reputation. <laughs> Riverdale being an enclave sort of on the Hudson River has always been like outside of that. Well, that's like Jamaica states with Queens. Correct. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, yes. there's Jamaica states and Forest yes. Hills and the rest of Queens is really, you know, so on. So Absolutely. different, mm-hmm. so it really skews the numbers for sure. Yeah. Anyway, brokers say that sales were not only to buyers moving within the Bronx, but also to people who had been priced out of Manhattan and other areas. With that, we have to take a break. You are listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. Don't go away. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, real estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back, and we have uh, Rachel Altshuler from Douglas Elliman, Deborah Hoffman from Town Residential, and Matthew Cohen from Core Real Estate in New York City. So good morning again, everybody. How is everybody today? Oof. <laughs> We're wonderful, I think. We're all in a good mood. We have a love fest going on. We well, we're yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we always yeah. do that. I but know, but it just feels different today. And that's being know. appropriate. We're having a fun threesome. <laughs> <laughs> but there's four of us. Oh, true, true. He's yeah. just watching. Vince is just watching. Vince, yeah. Oh, my. I, I'm just, Vince is a viewer. I'm on the other side of the table. There you go. So we have uh, Phyllis out today, and Niall and Perul are on uh, a business trip. So we have uh, just us today, and um, we're going to have some fun. By the way, this is our last show for season two. So um, after this, we will be back for season three uh, and we will let you know exactly when that happens. So by the way, how was the market in in all of your areas? I've noticed that it's picked up a little bit, but then it's kind of kind of slowed down a little bit again. For me, it was the first time it was really slow. And that's Mm -hmm. because of the parade. Mm -hmm. And that's because of the uh, UK Brexit. So wait, open house. Just from like Friday to Mm -hmm. yesterday, very quiet. 
quiet. I think oh, that, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think we're back to old-fashioned seasonality mm-hmm, for the downturn. Mm-hmm. But usually right really before July 4th, I am very, very busy about trying for how to get many years in. Was this, how about before 2006? Always, always really? very busy this time of year. Yep. Wow. Well, yeah. I like to, I like to, you yeah. know, take a negative situation and turn it into a into positive, positive one. Good. So I actually think that the Brexit whole thing is creating a very interesting state of the market. I think that I everyone agree. is talking. I think everyone has different opinions about it. I think it's really great to hear everyone out. Uh, you know, some people are saying it's great for our market. Some people mm-hmm. are saying, you know, all these people who just lost a bunch of money in the stock market, you know. Where are they going to Where are they going to get the money right now? If they're going to take it out mm-hmm. to put a down payment mm-hmm. in, so I think it's a really interesting time. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it's interesting, and I think it can go either way or it can go both ways. I mean, I think it's something that's very brand new. But like everything else that happens, that's historic or landmark or whatever, I think it just takes time to settle in and settle down, and and people will understand the actual ramifications. What makes this time of year busy point. is is <clears throat> a lot of our clients start talking about launching August, September, mm-hmm. October, mm-hmm. and you'd be amazed how fast 60 days goes in our yes. business. And so what, what I'm busy with a lot now is really just the setting that up for the launch. The planning. Talking See, about staging. Where, and that's where I'm kind of slow right now because yeah. a lot of my sellers are kind of just sitting back saying, I don't mm-hmm. even know what's happening here. Mm-hmm. So I'm not preparing them like you just said, yeah. you know, this time of the year getting ready to go through the summer and then launch Labor Day or before, just before, just after, it's whatever. It's the real sellers that know they have to mm-hmm. sell, mm-hmm. not the ones that want to test the market. That's I the didn't difference. do open house this weekend because I figured with uh, the uh, Gay Pride Day weekend actually uh, and then a few other things I figured you know what let's just not do mm-hmm. open house but a few of my colleagues who have had uh, who had open houses said they were very very slow I um, actually it's hard getting around on that day yeah, I had two open houses on Pride you know Parade Day um, I had one uptown so I actually it was busy mm-hmm. because uptown I don't is, is not uptown, affected yes. mm-hmm. uptown was busy and on days like the Puerto Rican Day Parade mm-hmm. or the Israel Parade or those mm-hmm. things, downtown is usually busy. Exactly. It all depends on transportation if people could get around the city. So exactly. if you were having uptown open houses. Um, I was uptown all day Sunday. I, I didn't yeah. go downtown Sunday. I was uptown. And I wasn't doing open houses, but I can see there was a flurry of people just running around. And I saw lots of brokers on the street. You can always pick out a broker on the street. So there was a lot of activity. I think you're right, Matt, on, in open the houses. The G train was down in Brooklyn. Oh, really? So, Ooh. coupled with everything else, we had uh, an open house in Greenpoint, and zero people showed up wow. because of that. Well, the trains are you definitely. Know, people aren't going to jump into an Uber via, you know, Lyft not for to go house. house hunting. Yeah, they're not. All right, if you're in the market for a new rental apartment in Manhattan, you may have noticed that more and more landlords are offering special deals to encourage tenants to rent in their property or their buildings. Rental market's kind of soft right now. In fact, many managing companies' uh, recent research shows that a full quarter of leases signed with uh, them included some of the deal sweetener, some of these deal sweeteners for a new tenant. These enticements can take many forms from a free month of rent to a payment of the broker's fee or both or more. Are we seeing this in rentals um, a- at all in your in your businesses? Because I have uh, just completed a rental a little while ago, and we had to discount uh, the commission just a little bit and a couple of other things. Uh, the, it was a condo, so the owner of the apartment paid half of the condo fee package because wow. the renter just said, hey, you know what? It's a lot of money mm-hmm. to get into this building. I want it. I want to be in there. Was that but the only concession or was there a no, was there an OP and a free month or was the, no, the owner, find pay, an OP owner pay. 
the the owner no the owner didn't pay us I discounted my commission to the renter okay uh, and uh, the owner of the apartment paid half of the board package fee okay so I mean that was and no free decent. months to the tenant no free month to the right, tenant right interesting no. okay mm-hmm. yeah because that's a condo sublease it's not a it's a, a condo building well no but we've done well, that concessions uh, in general <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah I've yeah. done that too yeah. we've given you know free month whatever well you take five hundred dollars off the broker fee just that amount to cover the cost of a move in fee credit check application fee kind of thing. This is an interesting show because I think for the first time in a while we have all of us are primarily sales brokers. So No, when, I'm, I'm actually I mean really? I'm, yeah, I do oh. a lot of rentals. Oh God, I, it's thought a I, knew, I thought I knew you so well. They call, <laughs> they call me like the queen of rentals actually uh, you, at Element. She does a lot down of both. She I'm does like a lot secret of secret under the radar rental. Oh. It's 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 a way that I've built my business and it's a way I've kept my clients happy. Interesting. That's I mean, a great idea. On a daily I get somebody that says, "Oh, your best friend's mom's, you know, cousin's son just graduated." And it's it's just it's an amazing and thing. And you don't want to do. break that connection. I don't. Right. And I don't a lot of brokers give up that part because it's a lot of work and mm, there's a lot of um, you know backstabbing. So tell and, me so yes. so okay, even yeah. better. Tell me what you think about, you know, what has happened to me recently, which I only really <laughs> do rentals when my investors purchase apartments through me mm-hmm. and then I rent them out for them. Mm-hmm. You know, Usually, I've had good luck in just getting a two-year tenant in there, and I don't really have to deal with it for like two years. And I just manage it if they have issues. Um, it, with this whole rental market and all the concessions being given and tons of inventory and you know yada 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 in the news, I actually recently in the last month rented out two apartments for my investors that they just closed on mm-hmm. in neighborhoods where I felt that the price we went on at was high. And we got it. And not only the the first one we got, actually, you brought a tenant to me. Rachel did bring a tenant to me for the one in Harlem. I did. And I, I did. was so upset when we couldn't do that together. I know. That was a, that was a celebrity, too. That would have been really fun. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. going to say, I didn't want to say it on here. But, yeah. You know, I won't say the name, he, but yeah. Yeah. He was a really cool celebrity. Um, but then, no, and, and two days we rented out at full ask for a two-year lease and no concessions, like full brokerage fee. And then the other one in Chelsea is actually a a co-op rental, so it requires all the board approval. And the tenant who's um, coming from Google around the corner in Chelsea, um, you know, was like, I love this apartment, I love the building, but there are so many things around here that I could get like $300 less for the same thing. Mm-hmm. And we said, sorry, it is what it is. And he, he did it. No was it between four and 8000 Both uh, of these rentals? The so the one in Harlem, Harlem was, was four, yeah, and then the one in Chelsea was small. It was only um, it was like thirty five hundred for a studio. Yeah, so the busiest part of the market right now, where people are okay with not doing concessions and okay with t- is, is really below, that below that five. I would say four thousand, but let's mm. call it thirty five hundred to eight thousand. Anything below or above is where we're seeing the concessions. I just launched at uh, uh, the Greenwich Lane, which is that mm. new sexy building, mm. Gorge. Very. And of course, my investor said, oh, you know, let's charge 12000 for a one bedroom. And I said, not going to happen. People, <laughs> And then all these investors yeah, bought. Insane, and then right. everyone launched at the same time because all the closings uh, happened at one time. That's an development. issue. That's an issue. And, and yeah. it brought the pricing down. So we right. started at like 9085 It happened at 50 Riverside seven. Boulevard, the same yep. thing. Oh, Everybody yeah, launched at the same right. time and all the prices came down because you can't have... 50 apartments asking $12,000. And when I take my clients to look at a big new development, meaning big like the size of the building, I do tell them, there, there's going to be a flood of rentals when Mm -hmm. this closes. So just be aware of that. So someone who paid all cash 
has an advantage over someone who's doing a mortgage because their break-even number is lower. And they'll launch first. Exactly. They'll set the precedent for the building. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And what I did is I managed to have my client pay the broker fee on a $7,500 rental because he wanted a higher number. And I said, 7,000 tenant pays fee or 75, you pay the fee. Right. And of course you want that higher number because on the renewal, that three to 5% increase gets based on that 7,500, mm-hmm. not 7,000 mm-hmm. for investors. Yeah. How long do you see you guys predict that the rental market stays soft? I mean, you know, just like anything else, it's hard to predict anything in real estate, but do you think this is going to go on for the rest of the year? Or do you think it's going to pick up, you know, after the summer when it traditionally starts to pick up again uh, for rentals. What, what's the thought? I think it'll pick up, in my opinion, yeah. for, for the fall, for sure. That's just, you know, people graduating early. There's just the cycle of, of, of it all when leases expire and people need to move. A lot of people have been staying where they are. They're, they're just renewing their lease and paying that 3% increase mm-hmm. because it costs so much to move. But exactly. I, but then you have the people that want change and they want to upgrade. They want to change location. I just met someone yesterday who's on the Upper West Side. He said, I'm so sick of it. I want to be downtown. So <clears throat> I think it is going to pick up in the fall for sure. And you know I love to play devil's advocate, but yeah. I, agree, I agree with Rachel 100%. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that you have a, to add on to that, um, you also have all these new developments that are in the city right now that the news can't stop talking about how many there are Mm -hmm. and how there's too many. None of them are really closing until next year or the year after. So you're not going to have any flood of rentals from those investors who are buying there. And there's not a ton of rental new developments coming to the market you know, the Moynihan project, the sky on 42nd was the like sky. the last big one. To there open. is in Brooklyn. You're, oh, right. you're right, but there is in Brooklyn. Yeah. Right. For sure. Sorry. Just I was primarily talking about Manhattan. Yeah. 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 On 57th. Oh, on 57th. It That's opened. A yeah, it did open. Yeah. yeah. Via 57. It's sexy. Via 57. <laughs> I mentioned that last week. <laughs> it's yeah. I, I agree with you all. I think it's going to pick up, you know, later this year. But, you know, like everything else, even on the sales side, this is really a time to get out there. If you're looking for a rental, this is a time to get out there and rent an apartment in Manhattan, just like it's a big time, big good time to be buying real estate here, despite what, what you might fear or what you hear, this is a great time because interest rates are still historically low. Prices have come down. Prices have corrected. So to purchase now in New York City is a good time. Public schools and real estate values are forever intertwined. So with each potential change, rezoning, a closing, etc., New Yorkers tend to panic about their real estate values going down. So it's no big surprise to hear of controversy surrounding a proposal to transplant a cramped Upper West Side Elementary School, PS 452 to be exact, currently housed on West 77th Street between Amsterdam and Columbus and move it 16 blocks south. If moved, the school would share a campus with another school, PS 191. Some parents obviously are up in arms with this school closing and moving 16 blocks away, mostly because they fear their real estate values will go down. How important is school districts in neighborhoods uh, where it applies to pricing, where it applies to value of apartments, et cetera, et cetera. Now, you know, we as real estate agents can't really talk about schools when we are uh, working with clients. Uh, It's against our fair housing rules, but here in the radio studio, we're not working with clients, so we can talk about that stuff. That's why I bring it up. I know for sur- for sure because a couple of people have said to me, "Oh my God, my the value of my apartment is going down," and I thought, "Well, not necessarily, you know." But this is their fear, yeah. And it's a big controversy on the Upper West Side these days. Any comments on that? In that neighborhood, I'm not worried at all because the reason that school what was opened 
was to relieve the overcrowding of PS 87, which was the top, top school in that neighborhood. Absolutely. So they're both the top, top schools. They still have PS 87. So if people were clamoring for 492... 452. 452. But how many people can get into 87, though? I mean, 87 is a very good school, but how many people, you know, you can't put two schools in one. I mean, it's crazy. It's very interesting because every time I have a listing in that neighborhood for the zoned for 452, people really want 452 Mm -hmm. as opposed to 87. Mm. So I think, I don't know, but maybe a parent from one of these schools could let us know that people were clamoring for that school so much. 87 is still the great school. But I think it did relieve a lot of the overcrowding. So with them moving south, it's not such a big deal. And they're moving to an other, another area that also has great schools already. So, I agree. We've got um, to take a break. We're coming yeah. back. This is Good Morning New York, broadcasting live from New York City. Don't go away. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back. We were talking about schools moving and the drama sometimes that is associated associated with that uh, from parents of the school children because they feel like if a popular school leaves a neighborhood, uh, their apartments would be devalued. Matt, you wanted to make a comment on that? Yeah, I just wanted to <laughs> chime in. Um, so I, a lot of my clients and my coworkers love my real estate lingo. That's <laughs> what we call it. So everyone talks about price per square foot. I have something called PFF that I talk about, which is PFF. I, yes. Okay. So just to define that, um, I call it price fluctuation factors. Um, so things like new development, commercial tenants, school districts, um, things that it affect the price going up or down. I'm going to remember that. Um, <laughs> I'm writing that. So like that. call the real deal. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, so I actually, so of, of all the PFFs out there, I actually think that school districts is one that is not a, 
one of the strongest, actually, because I think it's more of a determining factor um, in terms of it depends on the size of the apartment. It depends, you know, talking about worth of an apartment. You know, it talks about, um, you know, also a lot of families do private schools in certain areas like the Upper West Side. More so than not. So there are are more things that come into play with how it affects the price. You know, I, I would normally say to someone if they were worried about it, I would say, you know, especially if you have a one bedroom or a studio, not going to affect it that much. Let's, two bedrooms or more, much you know, greater impact. One hundred percent. Two bedrooms or more, obviously family size apartments. But you know what? Aside from just the schools affecting the the values of apartments, we talked a couple of weeks ago about Whole Foods moving into certain neighborhoods where they weren't before, and all of a sudden, you know. The prices, whether they're rental prices or sale prices, increase because now you're bringing a certain cachet to a neighborhood that didn't exist before. And people like that and people want to be close to cer- certain supermarkets just like anything else. Right. And that's a great example of something that I – it can't fluctuate. Like that is a absolutely going to go up. It doesn't matter the size of the apartment. Mm-hmm. Just a, a determining factor. Right. And I heard something related to grocery stores just a couple days ago, which kind of blew my mind. I was walking by a gigantic Mercedes on the east side the other day. And th- this one has been there at least 25 years. I remember being there. They're long-term shops, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're yeah, leaving. It's for yeah. so I mentioned it to a friend of mine who's an economist, and he said, "Oh, you are so behind the times because Whole Foods and Trader Joe's are putting out the mom and pop grocery stores because, especially Trader Joe's, the prices are lower. It's happened in my Even neighborhood. They never have a sale. The mm-hmm. prices are lower. Yeah. Everyone's shopping there. And then here in the city, we have Fresh Direct, which is a grocery delivery service. Which you may think, oh, I don't know if I want my produce delivered, but I have to tell you, we use Fresh Direct." constantly and if you order tomatoes yeah. they wrap them in <clears throat> bubble wrap and then put them in one of those things that looks like a big mac yeah, I know. container I know. and the city is finally following the rest of the country because here we do fresh direct most of the rest of the country does that Amazon delivery service yes. and I keep but on finding more of my clients do it here they don't do perishables I think really? Yeah, that, that just makes Fresh sense. Fresh Direct yeah. is wonderful. I use it yes. all the time. But D'Agostino is another big chain, you know, back on the supermarkets. Oh, right. They're closing. Yeah. And I, mean, I was dis- well, disappointed. Also family but family owned. They're very not really family owned and they get knocked out by all these other stores. Anyway. I just want to say the two neighborhoods that really prove that point that we're talking about with schools is Tribeca and Park Slope. Mm-hmm. So yes. those two neighborhoods, yeah. it, it does not matter what you price an apartment. doesn't matter how big it is. doesn't matter. It, it will sell for the highest price per square foot. Um, but then it's it, going back to what you said. It's totally true. There's so many other variables: you know, construction, Second Avenue, you know, train. When is that going to be done? That affects it. You know, Costco's go, moving to East Harlem, but I don't know if that's going to help that neighborhood. You know, it's it's interesting. It's very random, and it's totally specific to the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I'm putting a penthouse listing on the market next week in East Harlem, so hopefully that helps it. <laughs> oh, it's, yes, well, that's a talking point, go. and that Absolutely. really did it help certainly me. Will. I sold a townhouse, and that point really helped me. So definitely bring that up. All right, here's a brick under another one <laughs> of our brick underground surveys. It may not be what Lana Del Rey. Uh, musical singer meant by summertime sadness but when we think of summer in the city we don't just have picnics in the park concerts under the stars or outdoor dining by the river in mind because true new yorkers know smells and sounds seem to be amplified by the rising temperatures of summer so brick underground as i said asked several dwellers would you rather deal with smell issues or noise issues during summertime in new york city 
love that you referenced the Lana Del Rey song. <laughs> Especially you took it you took it in a negative way because because I think the last time I heard well, that she song says summertime was in a, sadness. I swear the last time I heard that song was in a European club. So. <laughs> um, interesting. Interesting. Do you want to go first on that? Is it, wait, is the answer in your apartment or on the streets or in general? In general. And inside, outside. I mean, I hope that your apartment doesn't smell. I mean, I, who knows what how people no, live. But, but, but so what we, you face. If you face, if you're on the first well, floor. Well, if your windows are open. Fa- yeah. Correct. Correct. So I, I, I would say in general. They, they weren't specific with how they asked the question, but I would say in general. Well, this, this goes back to our, our, you know, pot marijuana smelling mm-hmm. thing. Um, I'll take this in a sound direction. God, I have so many, uh, so many uh, situational stories. But it's funny. I have people come in all the time and they either talk about sounds from outside the windows or sounds from the neighbors. Um, last, last weekend, one of my open houses, I had three people in a row come in and have different sound questions each. <laughs> one was, um, the, the neighbors next door were blasting cartoons for their kids. So they were like, is this an issue? Um, you know, of course I, I say I don't live here hundred percent of the time, but it's not an issue to me. Obviously the walls are very thick. Um, you know, do you get noise from the park? Cause it's on, it's on a park, you know, do you get noise from movie screenings and things like that? Um, and then, you know, this is, this is a, the high rise in Harlem that I do a lot of business in. And it's, it's about, three avenues from Metro North, but you can see Metro North and people always ask if you can hear it. And I I say to them, feel free to open the windows, sit here for 20 minutes. I promise you the most you'll ever hear is like a whistle and people don't believe me. So, (laughs) so so sound stories. They never, they never believe you, but I would say um, I'd be more concerned with smell issues because I can't deal with smells. Noise I can deal with, so for me that's fine. But smells in the in the summertime, you know, just walking up and down sidewalks, you know, from dogs doing their business, you know, before the buildings, you know, wash down the streets every morning, whatever, you know, sometimes it gets a little hairy. So for me, it's I would noise. vote it's for noise. Exactly the op- uh, You would vote for noise over smells. Okay, so for me, I can't take noise me at either. all no. versus smell. I will take the smell of urine anytime versus any loud noise. In fact, interesting. it's like to the point where I'll go on the subway platform and there'll be like this musician playing really, really loud. Well, I'm that's like, crazy. Yeah. You know what? Great. Awesome. I'm standing on the other end. It is way too loud. Or when they come on the subway with the loud music blasting and you're just like, I'm trying to work on the train. I'm trying to decompress. I'm trying to hear my own thoughts. It's like the one time us brokers have to just mellow out. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. I always say I don't like the trains. Yeah. Or like there's something called Febreze. So (laughs) smell you can get over. What do you say, say, Deborah? A smell to really turn me off. Smell. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't know. Well, well, because you know what, I I, can, I actually care. I started carrying earplugs for some of this stuff there you because go. it will not um, get rid of the noise, yeah. but it will mute it. Yeah. But we're all big walkers here, and if I'm walking down West End Avenue and the supers have not gotten out there to wash the sidewalks yet, mm-hmm. I where are you going to go? And you've got three blocks of an offensive smell. Or we've mm-hmm. all been here during garbage strikes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it is a hot, humid climate. And Well, the verdict is in, <laughs> bring on the noise. Most people would rather have noise over smell. Isn't that something? 
I just can't deal with, with stinky stuff. It just drives me insane. I don't like noise either, but I just can't deal with stinky stuff. All right, moving on. If you are buying a home in New York City, this is going to be a lively conversation, I can just tell. Should you hire an agent or broker or represent yourself? While you may not um, have had a great experience with a rental agent, and some rental agents, you know, aren't so great, uh, buyer agents are not the same as rental agents for the most part. So if it is tempting to go it alone, you should be very weary. And I say... I say you must work with a buyer's broker. Amen. Comments. Amen. Why? Why? Agreed. Why? why? We're, we're, yeah. we're definitely yeah. going to be heated about this one. Uh, yeah. I, you know the the. Sorry, uh, no, I have so no, much. Well, to right, say. Rightfully no, said. The, right, rightfully so. The buyers that I meet at open houses or that come my way that want to use us for information and then say, well, I'm going to look on my own. Mm-hmm. It, there's an arrogance there that I always find. And that arrogance is based on miseducation and just ignorance, not understanding, not knowing. And when you actually educate the clients and the buyers out there and, and they hear you and they still want to work on their own, I just feel like they've been a little brainwashed by their own network of people that say you can get a better deal, you can negotiate the price down. You're not. You're actually helping the listing agent get paid twice as much. That's the only thing you're doing. And even if you save five or ten, or let's call it three to five percent max, right, mm-hmm. on the price in a, in a best case scenario, is that really worth it if you're not being represented and protected? In my opinion, it's not worth it. I could not agree more. Um, A direct buyer came to my open house on Sunday and she point blank said to me, I want the apartment. Um, I will email you tomorrow with my pricing thoughts. She has no broker. Um, And actually one of the first things I said to her, you know, was I never really, I never really am aggressive with anyone actually. Um, I more just suggest, and, and I said to her, I'm surprised you don't have a buyer's broker since you are so ready to go. You know, it, I think it could help you in a lot of ways. And, you know, she just went about her business and she emails me the next day about pricing. And she said, well, because the average price for square foot in the building is this, I think it's worth this. Um, she was off on her average price per square foot by $112, which is a lot. It is. And um, when I told her that and broke it down for her really analytically, she, um, she was astonished and she was really, really taken back. And so it goes back to what you just said. There's such tremendous um, utilization of having someone who's an expert in this field. It just helps you in every aspect, even if you think you're going to get some sort of deal. If anything, it'll probably hurt that chance of you getting a deal and not get you the apartment at the end of the day because you were too slow. Nine times out of 10, those directs who think that they know what the price should be, they don't have an attorney ready. They don't have the documents ready. And guess what? They lose out. And we're because we're not waiting for that. So they yeah. are, they always lose yeah. out, and we can't yeah. always wait for that because there's always somebody right behind. Especially if you're competitively priced, correctly priced, and and ready to move that apartment. You know those I I call them lookers. I mean I don't even call them sometimes Look serious those, buyers. Yeah. You know I mean I think they want to buy, but I think that they get in 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 their own way because they're afraid to spend an extra dollar. God forbid, and they don't want to have a broker involved because they think they're going to get a better deal. It's very similar to those dating with a list, right? Correct. Now, if you go into a date and they have to be a certain height and they have Mm -hmm. to make make a certain income, you are your own worst enemy. And that is the best way I can describe it. You know, um, my partner and I win nine times out of 10 a bidding war. Mm -hmm. Why? Because we present our offers 
perfectly. And the brokers know that we mean business, that we've qualified our client, and that we are going to do an amazing board package and see it to the end in the best way possible. Let's continue that after the break. We've got to go to break. This is Good Morning New York, broadcasting live from New York City. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back for our last segment for the day. I'm here with Rachel Altshuler from Douglas Elliman, Deborah Hoffman from Town Residential, and Matthew Cohen from Core Real Estate here in New York City. All right, so a huge part of New York City real estate is the constant stream of new development. Whether it is ground-up new construction or a conversion of a rental building to new condos, it seems like new apartments become available every day. A good New York City broker should constantly be aware of new development inventory to be effective in their business. It's equally important to understand how these sales come to market and the sales process that follows. So, you know, my question to you guys is why is new development so highly coveted in this town, in our businesses, with all of our customers, with all of our clients, everybody wants brand new. And what are the selling differences, you know, between, you know, what we call resale apartments and new developments? Because, you know, again, in my business, and I spent almost six years selling uh, new condo development exclusively, and I remember how important it was to people who come to the sales office. They come because they only want, they're only interested in buying new development. You can talk to them about anything else, they don't want it. Why or what about this town makes new development so important? I think, so 
being a new development lover, um, yes, you and are. having having a ton of clients who who love it as well. Um, I just take it back to the fact that you know New York City real estate is very fast moving, you know, <clears throat> highly competitive, just industry where you have tons of inventory all the time, and for a buyer in New York, all they want is something that's unique and personal, and that people can't get anywhere else. And I do find that new developments, especially these days with so many of them on the market, you have two things that come into play. You have one where you bring the glitziness into it of real estate, where every new development has to be different than the other. It's not just you're getting a new product anymore. It's, it's has, you know, personal touches, you know, bows finishes and star architects working on it. Sorry, a, a term star architects for people out there that don't know that. But, um, and you also just have, because there are, say there are, you know, a hundred new developments in the city, that's a hundred buildings. That's a lot of inventory when you compare it to the, you know, the whole inventory of the city. People are now interested who weren't interested in new developments in the past because there's so much of it to look at. I think also one of the things that people used to say to me when I was on site selling new developments um, through the years, and and I understand it, they, they they'd say I want to be the first person to live in this apartment. I don't want to live in an apartment that has legacy or history or you know whatever. I want to be the first person to live in this brand new space and call it my own. I could live here for two years, for ten years, for twenty years, but it's mine. Uh, sort of like it was built for me, and that's what it's about. That's what they would say to me many I, times. I think it's uh, two points. Contractors suck. So that mm-hmm. really makes people pay yeah. price yeah. per square foot north of 2000 not to deal with a contractor and have everything triple mint. Um, the other th- the comparison that I, the best the way, I guess is like a spreadsheet versus writing an essay. So like if we take someone to a resale, that's sort of like writing an essay. There's a love story. It's emotional. You're, you're creating a dialogue. New development is more like a spreadsheet. And when I go and I take my investors or even just buyers that are end users, it's, it's a very, it's an easier process in a way because you're saying, okay, well, we want the eighth floor because it clears the roof and we want this line because it has a corner window. It's, mm-hmm. it's very specific and logical versus other clients that are resales. That's the best way I can describe it. It's also become a price thing because, you know, one of my clients early this morning, I woke up to a FaceTime call from one of my <laughs> clients. I was like, if you think I'm FaceTiming at 6.30, you are beyond. No silly. one is that's looking at me at 6.30 in the morning, that's for sure. <laughs> but so he- um, Are they eight <laughs> hours ahead? <laughs> he, he, he did it by accident, of course, but we had, we had a good laugh about it. And he um, he's one of my investors and he texted me and he said, any great new developments that you can get me into schedule A? Because new development is such a common thing these days, people are very into getting good deals all the time. And there's something called Schedule A in a new construction building where you're the first buyer, one of the first buyers in, you're getting one of the first prices. And then once they hit a certain percentage of sold or in contract, they will boost those prices. And they do. And so people love being able to be... They may. Right. So Not so the possibility of it makes people love right. being one of the first the ones. And you, we don't know. And right. you can get it below the Schedule A. The only the only way they have to go to the Attorney General is if they increase the price. Mm-hmm. Then they have to revise the Schedule mm-hmm. A. But if they get below, which a lot of developers in this market are doing, they're definitely negotiating. Exactly. Covering closing costs and mm-hmm. taking off a little bit just to get it going, get yeah. the building going. But let me, let, yeah. me, let me ask you something, guys, because you alluded to it, Matt, uh, a little while ago. 
<clears throat> excuse me, isn't the high price per square foot and all these new developments a deterrent to buyers? Are they, or better said, why are they willing to pay sometimes double the price to get something brand new when they can buy a resale unit in a condo or a co-op for, I mean, a lot less than half the price per square foot, generally speaking? Well, it's not only being the first one to have a place and it being truly yours, but I also feel that in this day and age, especially sellers have this wrong idea these days that the market is you know very high and they start off high a lot of these sellers. And um, when you actually compare the price per square foot of new developments and resales in some neighborhoods, not all, they're actually very comparative. Like They're very on the same level. So at the end of the day, if you are a buyer and say you want Chelsea, you know, I'd rather pay 2000 square foot for a new development than a resale if that's what if the situ- can, if that's yeah. what the situation is of course. Yeah. Right. Um, but the closing but, costs are really what makes the difference. Right, so it's about seeing yeah. if you can negotiate. I mean, well, and that, that's, that's a that big that's a, a huge buyers, change. Most buyers don't know that <clears throat> it's 5 know. to 6% and not no. 3 to 4%. Correct. Right. Well, they they're sticker shock when when I used to present, you know, their agents with the the closing cost, you know, whatever, and they'd say, "Oh, we have to pay the um, the transfer tax." Oh, I forgot there's a mansion tax. Oh, what about this? No, oh, yeah. we have to pay the seller's attorney, not just my attorney, but the seller's the attorney. Apartment? What? <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. I, that's hysterical. <laughs> yeah. I do the want conversations to, I used to have with people over oh new development, unbelievable. I do want to say though how great Rachel's point is, because I don't think she gave herself enough credit for it, about how the whole getting into a new development schedule A is a thing of the past mm-hmm. with the market being a little shaky. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if you can wait it out a little bit, it's a great idea to see if you can get in at a point where you can negotiate all the sponsor fees and you can potentially negotiate the price a little bit, I'd rather wait a little bit. Yeah. And hey, if you lose out, if there are no two bedrooms left, I'm sure there will be another new development around the corner That's anytime right. soon. Totally. Do you think totally. the television shows like Million Dollar Listing has exaggerated yes. the new development phenomenon Absolutely. in this town? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, because when you watch these shows... I mean, that's all you really see is one new development after the next penthouse, after the, you know, first floor unit. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And I also think those shows encourage buyers to be obnoxious because they show the most obnoxious, <clears throat> demanding sellers and buyers on really? those shows. Really? And I think people say, oh, he got away with it. And the, and the broker just kind of bowed to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could do that, too. Yeah, and also yeah. yelling at developers yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. That's not yeah. realistic. No, well, none I of mean, it is. But people don't. It's real as shtick. Yeah. It's real as shtick. It's really not true. But anyway, uh, I, bring, I only bring that up because I, as I watch these shows and I talk to my customers and I talk to um, other people, uh, it, it seems like you know they're driving most buyers out there today to think first of new development and then second to everything else. You know, condo, 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 and then co-op, 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 but mostly condominium in this town. And I wonder what will happen someday to the co-op world. Yeah. I just realized, I think not us, because we're amazing. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. We amazing. <laughs> we amazing. But I think a lot of brokers out there 
push new development because there's no board package. It's easy. And there's, mm-hmm. I mean, it is the easiest process, it's easier easy than buying a house, easier than buying, you know, groceries. The it on-site so person does easy. everything. We just bring right. our customers there and right. collect and the check so when they close. And so that could be a reason for some brokers out there that push, that don't really understand yeah. what the client really wants. Yeah. I, I, listen, I'm, I'm all for it if, it if it works my client. Anyway, we are ending season two today, as I said earlier at the top of the show. Season three begins in one month on August 3rd. We are taking a one-month break. This host right here is every very morning? excited. We'll call each other. <laughs> okay. We'll gossip about the market. Just us. Yeah. We conference can, call. We can, yes. do a, we can do a conference call instead just it. with each I other. I love that idea. Anyway, that is Good Morning New York for this week. Thanks for joining us. Again, we'll be back August 3rd with new episodes. You can catch the show anytime on podcasts. We will be broadcasting the best of, though, in the next four weeks. For all of us at Voice America, all around the world, thanks for joining us, and we will see you very soon. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones.